1: Times best-selling and award-winning author of Kick-Ass International Thrillers, and this is The Taylor Stevens Show with my good friend Steve Campbell, where we are kicking riding in the butt, one word at a time.
0: And Taylor, I have no doubt that you have an amazing story from the farm to share with us this week, <laughs> but because this is the second part of a two-part episode, we don't generally do chit-chat for those, so you're going to have to save it.
1: All right, then I will.
0: All right. Now, did you get amnesia uh, or do you remember where we were when we left off?
1: I do remember where we were. We are talking about accidental amnesia. And just as a really brief refresher, um, amnesia, accidental amnesia is what happens when a thing, a big plot point, something happens to the character in a story and then the character moves on from that as if it didn't happen like it, it just sort of gets dropped along the way it is a story issue in terms of plot it's a plotting thing and it is also a writing issue in terms of flow where we've interrupted the story's flow with ga- information gaps where the, flow, the the information gap is like a big chunk of it fell out and there's no way to connect the two parts together they're just sort of disjointed and we had given two examples uh, of what that looks like in real life when a character gets accidental amnesia. And we had ended up uh, talking about how it was, in this particular instance, it was like a double whammy. Because even though it was referring to the same incident inside the story, there were two separate characters with two separate Um, motivations. And so in terms of the impact, it was like creating two information gaps instead of one.
0: Well, can the author at least get credit for consistency?
1: (laughs) The author gets a lot of credit. Um, We were talking about this actually off air, that these are really easy, easy issues to fix. They're enormous in terms of the impact they have when they show up. Like these are massive information gaps in terms of uh, for the reader's enjoyment or being able to get from one place to the other in the story. That it creates uh, instances where the story is disconnected, just like a road that has massive uh, gouge taken out of it. The road is no longer one road anymore, and it's like these scenes create. Um, multiple happenings in a story, but it's not a single continuous story because the flow is interrupted. So uh, in terms of impact on the reader, they're enormous in terms of fixing it. It's very easy. So we're going to get to that in a little bit. But before we do, um, I wanted to talk a little bit more about first go back and talk about the scene as it took place in the police station. And this is the scene for which both characters have experienced accidental amnesia. So, when we have a scene like that, um, it it exists uh, in a void, right? It's detached from the rest of the story. It's having no impact on the characters. It's having no impact on the plot. It simply is. And now we open up to where we have um have our character uh, in the new scene where he's he's building this this thing, it's this home improvement project, and why? Why is he building this home improvement project? That too has absolutely nothing to do with the story. It, to have a scene like that that has nothing to do with the story, it's created as a vehicle. And It has to be a vehicle to um, to carry other parts of the story. It, it's, a, it's a form of um, showing what the character's doing, character in motion, in order to get us uh, somewhere else and, and it doesn't do that. So what we have in these two examples and in in the two scenes, right? But let's just say overall, as as an example, um, focusing on where things happen and then and then the character forgets about them. It's like it happened, it's done. now he's moved on to something else. and and we've created these gaps in the road, or whatever. So another way to look at it is like, Um, an old linear video game right the the ones where it's just like a little pixelated character on the screen and he's running in a straight line and he's dodging obstacles and he's you know jumping and the sole goal of that little character on the screen is to rack up points while trying to get to the next level right so barrel falls he dodges he keeps running trap door opens he jumps he keeps running any obstacle that that little pixelated character hurdles is instantly forgotten it's over And now there's new obstacles coming at him. And the impact of any particular obstacle has zero effect on what happens next unless it kills the character and then it's game over and you start over, right? So why is that little guy running on the screen? Why is he running in the first place? And it's because you, the player, you're making him do it. He has no... there's there's it's it's him you are you are just using him to get to your goals right and that's to get a new high. your goals to get a new high score to pass a new level so when that little pixelated character dies we don't feel anything but ah damn it now i gotta go do this all over again i gotta start over right and and it's not because you care about the character or anything that happened to that guy it's because you yourself didn't get further in the game. That's where your all damage is it, coming from. I mean, it has nothing to do with the little pixels that that died. So there's zero emotion put towards that character on the screen. You just start over and do it again, right? So to, to use that video game in sort of an apples to apples analogy, you're the player in the video game, right? Well, now you're the author and you're writing a fiction scenario. So you have your protagonist. He's racing towards the end goal of finding this key piece of information. A guy gets murdered, he dodges, he keeps running. His boss takes him off the case, he jumps, he keeps running. The cops are breathing down his neck, he might go to prison, he just keeps running. Everything that's happening is in the past and his singular focus is on dodging, whatever comes next and he's just trying to reach that finish line to get the information. That's his finish line in this scenario. So in this same apples to apples comparison of you the player equals you the author, we also have an observer. And the person who's watching the game who's waiting their turn to play it, that's the reader, right? So what works well in entertainment, like in this little linear video game, that's not going to work in fiction because of who is being entertained. So in the video game instance, you the player, you're the one making the decisions, you're controlling the character, and you're the one who's getting rewarded for how well that little running guy succeeds. And as the person controlling that video character, your reward comes from reaching the end or getting the high score or whatever. And the person waiting their turn to play, they might be slightly entertained by watching you play, but what they really want, what they're really waiting for is to get their own hands on the controls and do their own playing. So video game playing, it's all about the player's enjoyment. And fiction, it's all about the observer's enjoyment. They are the ones who need to be entertained, the observer, the reader. And watching a character run, dodge obstacles, run more, in this relentless pursuit to the finish line, it's not fun for the observer. So for fiction to work, it has to obtain the observer, the reader, and for it to entertain the observer, it has to engage the emotions. And for it to engage the emotions, it has to mean something. And for it to mean something, it has to matter. And for it to matter to the observer, it has to matter to the character, right? I know I'm beating a dead horse here. So when things happen to a character and they have no impact on the character, like he just responds the same way that little pixelated guy would by running a straight line in a video game. He jumps, he dodges, keeps running, and it's all out of sight out of mind, then we're telling the reader that none of those things matter. And if they didn't matter, why are they even there? Why are we reading? Why do we care, right? Your goal is to make the reader care. And if an observer knows that he's never going to get to play the game, why is he going to stick around when there are so many other games they can go play instead, right? So those are the issues that we're up against. And now we're going to talk about a bit of how to fix
0: it. Now, before you do, let me just say that that analogy, the video game analogy was brilliant. That was that was fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you.
1: <laughs> okay. So when something impactful happens, we cannot afford to drop that thread. When Pretty much when anything happens in fiction, th- when we're writing, we have a limited number of words we can put on page. We also have a limited number of words to keep the reader engaged. And so words matter. In real life, you can walk into a room and set a cup on a counter and forget about it and walk away and that's just fine because we do that all the time. In fiction, if you have a character walk into a room and set a cup on a a counter and walk away, it has to mean something. You don't just have these little random acts that don't mean something because the brain, as it's reading, automatically assumes that anything that's put on the page is there for a reason. That you're not just going to put random little things in there as filler. It's just, why? Why are you putting them there? They know this is, the brain knows this is being created by somebody, therefore there is intent. And if there is intent... There is a reason. What is that reason, right? So if you have things that show up and there is no reason, the brain gets angry. (laughs) It gets frustrated because it is trying to make reason. It's trying to make patterns out of these things. So if you put something on the page, you cannot just leave it there. You cannot put a cup on the counter and leave it there and walk away and not come back for it. And that is the issue with accidental amnesia. It's not The thing itself, it's that it is forgotten. It is the fact that it is forgotten that means that it doesn't matter to the character. So as we were talking last week um, in in closing out that episode where Steve was saying how, well, it didn't really seem to be that big of a deal to the character. So that's why it wasn't brought in again. That's fine. It doesn't have to be a big deal to the character, but it still has to be a deal. It still has to matter in some point. And if the character has completely forgotten about it, then it doesn't matter plain and simple at all. So, when you put these threads in, when things happen, they have to be picked back up again, and they have to be picked up back back up again in a way that they pertain to the plot. As a whole, even if in the end you as the author know that that thing is not going to be impactful, it's there to create suspense or tension, but in the end it's not going to have a big impact on the plot, well then that is all the more reason that it has to have an impact on the character. You might know that it might not have an impact on the ending, but the character doesn't know that. The character has to believe that this is real, and in the character believing that it's real, now the reader believes that it's real. So remember, every scene needs a purpose, right? So what was the purpose of that scene in the interrogation room? It's not going to add suspense or tension if there's no suspense or tension to the character, therefore that is not its purpose. What was its purpose? Was it to provide information? Well, no, there wasn't any information provided in there that couldn't be provided any, way, any other way. So that wasn't its purpose. What was its purpose? Was it setting up a character uh, in a in a hate sort of relationship that was going to come back and bite the, char- the Reggie, our main character, in the butt later? Maybe. I don't know. I haven't gotten that far in the story yet. But if that is what happened, it still needs to be picked up. If that was the purpose then that thread still needs to be picked up again multiple times along the way because it has to matter to our main character. He has to be thinking about it. He has to be impacted by it. So it's not what actually is happening. You've got so much wide leeway on what to do with that. The key is we cannot have the character forget about it as if it didn't happen at all. So let's look at the decks uh sorry i say deck but i really mean home improvement it's because he's working on it on a deck Let's, let's look take a look at this home improvement sequence from a pure plot perspective we're not looking at it you know from any other way just as it is now he's there he's working on it let's forget about the accidental amnesia for a minute what is the purpose of that scene I don't know what the purpose of that scene is. Um, his sister comes and talks to him. They have a conversation about stuff that doesn't really matter. That I mean, it matters, but it, it could have been held on the phone. What is the purpose of that scene? And and I don't think there is one. So you could say, well, then let's just cut it. Well, sure, we could do that. But scenes like that, they, they can't exist solely for themselves because that it has to matter. Everything has to matter. Everything has to have a purpose. But you can have a scene like that where the character is working on the improvement, this home improvement project, and you, you, it exists as a vehicle. It exists as a vehicle for all the things that he is thinking about. He cannot be thinking about how he... Bought his supplies, that's irrelevant to the story. We don't care. But he can be thinking about how, you know, he's distracted and not doing a good job on this project because he's too worried about what happened in the prior scene. And that's what brings it back. So it's not that the scene in itself doesn't belong, it's that the scene in itself, because of accidental amnesia, has no purpose. How do we give it a purpose? We remove the amnesia. And how do we remove the amnesia? And this is the most it's jaw-dropping thing of all. It just takes a line or two of inner dialogue. To, remo- to, to remove amnesia, to, to get the character remembering again, means the character actually has to remember. And to remember, he has to reflect. So when we have characters... Think about what has happened, worry about it, plan around it, um, reflect on it, not navel gazing, because navel gazing is all about, you know, really getting into their thoughts and feelings about it. But thinking about it in terms of how this is going to affect their goals, does it change their approach, is it, what do they have to do to deal with it, that is what pulls the pieces back together and it removes the information gap, it removes the the flow issues. And now, instead of having separated events detached from themselves, you've got this, a, a single flow and the story flows, it, it goes and and it's all joined together. So fixing these types of flow issues accidental amnesia or drop threads. It is as simple as a few lines of inner dialogue of having the the character remember and reflecting back on what had happened and acknowledging the current impact. And Steve had said something interesting uh, when we were uh, outside before the show and he was talking about, how he was listening to a book where some of these things were happening, where threads were getting dropped. And he realized that in his own work or whatever, sometimes the solution could be as simple as a line going, ah, damn it. I forgot about X, Y, Z. And that is enough to bring it back into the story to loop it in that it is not forgotten. It hasn't been dropped. It did have an impact. Um, Depending on how Big the plot point is like in this particular instance this is a pretty big thing to get hauled into the police station. Um, you it 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 would probably more than be more than just a one line throwaway like that. But sorry, I didn't mean throwaway as honest throwaway, but one line you know expression. Um, but it it doesn't have to be paragraphs and paragraphs of paragraphs. You probably would want to really address what happened fully and richly and deeply so that we understand the character's thoughts, his fears, his emotions, his frustrations. Um, And since this is not going to be the only place where those things exist, there will probably be lots of shorthand Uh, things you can use to refer back to other things that have happened in the story that keep it all tied together and, and moving forward. So I can't say, oh, it has to be this much or it only has to be this little. It's always going to be situational. But the point is you need to address what happened. The character can't forget it and it needs to have an impact on what happens going forward. Even if that impact is only that the character is more careful or he weights that into any decisions that he's making and that it had an effect. It actually ha- it happened. It happened to the character. And, and he doesn't just blow it off as if it never happened. And if I can remind you of one more thing, it is this. Story is about character plot is what happens to the character, but it's all about the character. And if it doesn't matter to the character, if it has no impact to the character, it's not going to have any impact to the reader. And in that point, it might as well not even be there.
0: Let's go back to, I I was thinking when you were talking about the extraneous nature of the home improvement project, there actually was, there was a reason for me to put that in. Um, And I'm not going to get into the reason for that, but I wanted something. I wanted a scene like that to be in there. But I was thinking back to what you were talking about with uh, a few episodes ago, with the opening scene for *The Innocent*, and how the scene there there were places where the scene was was doing double duty, for example. And so, yes. in this case, if 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 the scene had some reflective moments of Reggie thinking about this, thinking about the tension that that he's feeling, uh, you know, just reflecting back on it, and then the sister comes over, and they have a conversation about it, and she, well... I won't go into that, but, you know, they, they have a conversation about that and it's around him doing this home improvement project that it accomplishes both things. It, it keeps yes. this flow of the story going and this thing that I wanted to have in there and that you notice is completely extraneous from the story now becomes a part of the story.
1: Exactly. So that's what I was talking about when I say it's a vehicle. It becomes a vehicle to carry this, the other stuff. Right. Mm -hmm. So I haven't finished reading the story yet, but let's say you have a scene later in the story that Reggie's ability to work with tools or have tools around or or any of that stuff is going to come into play for the plot. Right. So essentially what this scene here now with with building this deck is, is it's foreshadowing. Right. You're this all hypothetical. Um, You're setting up. the the key visual elements, the know-how elements, all of that for something that's going to come way later. That's great, that's perfect. But the reader doesn't know what's coming way later, nor do you want them to know what's coming way later. This is foreshadowing and foreshadowing is subtle. And the deal with it is, even if you know it's foreshadowing, even if you need to have a scene like that, even if there is no accidental amnesia, It cannot exist only for itself like that. Mm -hmm. It has to be a vehicle because it is not at that moment in time in any way connected to the rest of the story. So if you've got all your other bases covered, if there's no accidental amnesia, if it's all good and you just have that scene in there randomly, well, you might as well put big arrows and neon sign around it and say, woohoo. this is standout and the reader is just going to completely blow the point of for any kind of foreshadowing or whatever right it's got to be subtle so even scenes like that that are foreshadowing or have some other purpose later on in the story they have to be a vehicle towards something else as well they cannot exist only for themselves only for the thing that they're meant to do Um, it just doesn't work that way so how you fix it. That's up to you. In this particular sequence, because it's combined with accidental amnesia, well, fixing the amnesia is the perfect way to layer onto that motion and and make it what it is, uh, what it should be, where it's carrying something. It's, It's a vehicle to carry something else. But if all those other aspects were fixed and you were you know there was no story issues whatsoever and you needed that scene you'd have to find a way to fit it you'd have to find something to fill it in that would then tie it back into the story in another way so that it wasn't on its own by itself
0: yes and i i was also reflecting as you were talking uh in last week's episode you were talking about if the character brings in a glass of water and leaves it on the counter yes um something needs to happen with with that glass of water it can't just be left there and I would like to say that something clever happened with the deck, um, but in this version of the book, <laughs> that is not the case.
1: Okay. So, again, for me not knowing what's what, I can't say whether the the scene needs to be there. But I know that to have Reggie reflect, because we have an accidental amnesia issue, we need something there. mm mm-hmm. so, uh, that, that building home improvement project is as good as any because you can't just have him sitting around drinking a glass of beer thinking, right? That be, turns, it, turns it into na- navel-gazing. We mm-hmm. want to have our character emotion. We want to have him doing something. And in a scene like that, having him go, I, I needed to clear my head. I needed to get my body busy and doing something. So I decided to do this project. It allowed me to, you know, be physical and, you know, as i hammered this and saw this and did this the thoughts started to come to me in this there's this and and it and it you you can work it side by side where it it's there as a vehicle for him to express his thoughts and if and when it comes up in another place well then great and if it doesn't that's still okay because it's only there it can it's okay for it to be there just as a vehicle for him to to be doing something while he's thinking about these other things.
0: Okay. Well, I, I'm very encouraged by the idea that the fixes for this are simple and I am, or this anonymous author um, (laughs) would would be mildly embarrassed by the, uh, the accidental amnesia, especially since it happened to two different people in the same scene. Uh, But Uh, I I found this entire two-episode series to be very interesting, and I hope you guys did as well.
1: Yes, I hope so, too. Um, And many thanks to Steve for allowing us to use his material and examples, because we would absolutely not have this show on two levels. Steve is the one that produces it, so he's the one that um, gets the audio recordings cleaned up and posted, uh, without which we would have no show. And He's letting us use his material uh, to, you know, teach about different these ideas. I I wouldn't be thinking about it if I didn't have material to work with. And he's been kind enough to let us use this, without which we would not have also these shows. So he really deserves a lot of appreciation and thanks. You guys should email him and just tell him how awesome he is.
0: Yes. And and don't just. Oh, that reminds me. Um, What? I, I. I, I want to thank the person who emailed me for a really bad typo in the title uh, a few weeks ago. I wanted to oh. I wanted to put that out there, um, I, because he didn't say it was okay to use his name. I won't use his name, but thank you. You know who you are, and I, I appreciate that.
1: Can you tell me what the, ty- the typo was?
0: I I would have to go look it up, but it, it was an incorrect usage of the word hang on just a second and i'll do that we'll play uh jeopardy music doo, 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 <laughs> do, doo. and i said i hope taylor doesn't see this because she will have a conniption fit
1: i won't have a conniption i have conniptions when things that i don't like my principle principle oh did you do the other one the, i did the, the other cause and
0: effect is a foundational principle and i did it as though it was the principle of a school
1: Oh, that's not horrible. It's, I mean, it's embarrassing, it's, but it's not bad. Horrible. It
0: wouldn't have been horrible if it was in the body of it, but when it's in the title, the title is what shows up <laughs> in the uh, in the podcast player. So oh, it's dear. yeah, yeah. So. Does it
1: overwrite itself? Like when you update it, does it? Like... Well,
0: no. So for the people who downloaded it initially, they got the old version. <laughs> <laughs> <Oops>. <laughs> but for the people who hadn't downloaded it yet or it hadn't it hadn't oh. connected to the server, they got the new version. So anyway, thank you for calling and, and uh, or calling or emailing me and uh, letting me know about that. Uh, I one, it. one
1: more thing. One more thing I have to mention is that we did put out a call for the
0: for a rewrite of the opening,
1: opening scene of, of chapter
0: seven or nine. Nine? I think it
1: was nine. Okay. And um, this show is likely going to air uh, after the due date. But because we're recording it before the due date, we haven't gotten any of those. Well, I have one that's come in. It might be the only one. So in which case, woohoo for the author. Um, but uh, if you're wondering why that hasn't shown up yet, it's just a, a recording slash posting date slash thing going on. So um, we haven't forgotten that. Okay, we do not yeah. have accidental amnesia <laughs> over
0: All right, so thank you guys very much for listening. We will be back in your ear next Tuesday.
1: See you next week.